0: Are
1: we in space? Or is this just a cave? Or is it a space cave?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Live to Tape on the Feral Audio Network. You're listening to Live to Tape, that's what this is. This is a little bit of music playing behind me. Uh, You've a basic introduction using tone and sound and a forward theme. My guest today... She moss. My guest today... She moss. My guest today... What, what, my She guest. must. She must. My guest today. She must. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you. For it's a about to be really good. This is a song from a guy called Band of Pear. It's a bandit pair. Ooh. Okay, you heard a good amount of that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here today on Live to Tape with Johnny Pemberton and the Farrell Audio Network. First off the bat, if you're at the batting cage, be sure to rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. These are all things that add water to the artificial pool of liquid that we float in, allowing this boat of audio to float higher inside of that containment unit. Also, be sure to visit the Patreon page, also known as patreon.com. Slash live to tape. There's very special things you can get only by becoming a monthly donating contributor, such as exclusive DJ playlists made by myself. And you also will have things like videos and possibly at certain levels.
2: There'll be ad-free editions of the podcast and instantaneous
0: instantaneous access to things that previously would take time. And we all know that currently in this in this iteration, time is still linear. We're still dealing with that. Shane Moss is here today to help us break down how do we get out of this linear construct of time? Go!
1: Well, it's all on how you look at it, I suppose. <laughs> it's,
2: it's Hi, welcome to It's All in How You Look At It with Shane loss. It's 5 o'clock in the morning, and we're looking at things from a different angle. Yeah. A different angle.
1: I, maybe if we just quit believing that time is linear, it yeah. will fall apart.
2: It's like Thomas the Tank Engine, right? No, what is the thing? It's uh, Peter Pan, right? Is that the thing where... What is the thing if you think about it enough, you believe? If the kids believe enough, it mm-hmm. makes the thing go? Oh. What is the story of that, you know? Uh, no. There's some listeners,
1: the emails. a little engine that could?
2: Maybe that's it. Well, that's, Wait, I think it I can, right? It goes up a mountain? Yeah, yeah, I think I, I can, think I, think it, I think I can.
1: And then it gets there. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it's in reverse.
2: Right, I, I think I can't.
1: May, yeah, maybe, it may, maybe we're looking at it all wrong and it's actually traveling down the mountain.
2: Right, it is. Thinking
1: a, that it's going up.
2: But it doesn't know anything because it's just, it's a train engine.
1: Stupid train engines. Yeah. Uh, Where do we start? Um, Well, probably. (laughs) I'm asking you.
2: I should be asking, you should be asking me that, not the other way around.
1: Probably. uh, Yeah. Probably around the La Crosse, Wisconsin, or Rochester, Minnesota That's area.
2: Right. Yeah, we started in La Crosse at a place that has it sells all kinds of items. What's it called? Uh, Sur- not what's that place called? We maybe even talked about it last time. There's a giant supermarket on the border by the river, mm. and it um it's a big, it's not very nice looking. Has turnstiles at the entrance, and when I was a kid, I went there into the bathroom, and they have a cool thing where. They have a bank of toilet paper that maybe has maybe 12 to 14 rolls exposed, mm. ready to be used, all Ooh. accessible. It's
3: oh, like,
2: wow. so you can just choose, I want to use this roll to wipe with.
1: Wow. That, it's such
2: a Minnesota, it's such a Midwest solution. Like
1: The other thing is, uh, the. is this just a Midwest thing in the, the dryer roll that goes around and around? And like, I guess- just yeah. gets chained out or changed out or something like that it's like a cloth yeah. roll rather than rather than paper
2: I definitely like, experienced it the first time at the Cannonball gas station in Cannon Falls Minnesota ooh. and some sort of a uh, crusty trucker dude I was just kept pulling it thinking it was just like on a loop mm-hmm. and he was like cut it out They're, hey cut that out no <laughs> they they clean that stuff you don't all go east and that little one Hey, little little stinker, cut it out.
1: <laughs> no, don't. Like well, you got to keep the stinkers away. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was a stinker. I was being a stinker. <sighs> and, but I, I I learned now. Now I know. Oh, that's li- it's probably the best way to dry your hands is that that a contraption.
1: You think so? Because it's I, cloth. Yeah. I <laughs> you don't mean, like it, do you? That face uh, says no. That
2: no. face says no. It scares me a little. Really? Why? You, you give something bound up because in there?
0: Because all the bound up about deer, you. But, the, so but it's clean. It's, ostensibly it's a clean piece of uh, linen. Well, it just seems like about the perfect kind of environment—a lot <laughs> of <laughs> bacteria to grow. A lot of bacteria to grow. A lot of bacteria to grow. That's some trippy bacteria. I feel like bacteria is the source of trips. Whoa. <laughs> bacteria isn't, is tripping me out. Isn't it funny that we're not there yet where there's a psychedelic that's
3: based in bacteria, unless there's one that I'm unaware of.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh definitely most psychedelics seem like various forms of poisoning yourself right, and tricking all... yourself into dying. <laughs> It's all like I'm going to go and trick my brain into thinking that it's dying. And then I'll either get
0: to experience what death feels like or... I'll get somewhere close enough to where... Yeah, yeah. maybe there's a portal that opens
3: on the other side. I took some LSD yesterday. Really? uh, Some LSD 25. And I took a bit more than I bargained for. I was planning on doing a... I do like doing the microdoses. I did mm-hmm. I did one on uh, that Sunday. I saw you. Yeah. I had one at about eleven a.m. Mm-hmm. But I also had took uh, I took forty milligrams of some uh, uh, Vivance, which is like Adderall, essentially. I took it that morning. But then I was like, just because I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. And then I was given the opportunity to take some LSD. I was like, I guess I'll take a microdose of that. Sure. And I would get in the car. We're heading to that place. I saw you, and it became a thing. We're like, oh. Oh, this is a touch, a touch more than maybe double more than I expected, and it wasn't bad. It just was a thing where it was really good, actually. But the yesterday's experience with the uh, LSD was it was heavy. It was a thing where I was like, full "Oh dose. man, it wasn't a full dose." Why, well, you know, what is a full dose? I guess right. It's hard to say exactly what that means. But either way, it was something where it was a. Uh, it was intense. It was emotionally intense. It was something where I'm like, "Oh, I feel like I feel like I'm, I have, I'm being weighed down. I feel like I need to." Uh, it was, yeah. It's like that's the thing about LSD that's interesting is it's it lasts so long. It's a thing where it really, it really can break you down. It yeah. Can really uh, emotionally st- strip you bare to make you feel like, like I mean, it's therapeutic in that sense, but it's also like any therapy, it's it's difficult. It makes you feel oh, I just feel so burdened. I feel so Yeah. I
1: well, LSD to me is is this roller coaster that's like yeah, like the whole time I'm on it, I'm like, Yay, whoa, yeah, yeah. okay, here we go, all right. And I, I I feel like I'm locked in and it's it's perfectly safe and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, then, uh, then toward like nine hours of it, I'm like, this is this is a really long roller coaster. And now I'm just kind of existentially thinking about the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs of roller coasters. And and like, I shouldn't be when I'm on a roller coaster. I shouldn't
0: have the time to like think about the roller coaster. The roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, so. it becomes a thing where you go through the same. Loops so many times on the same coaster, <laughs> you keep going through the same uh, thing that you start to just—it's like you're grinding down an idea. Yeah. And it sometimes becomes where, oh, I'm just tired of thinking this same thing because it's—it's just grinding me against the 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 surface like the the floor of the ocean, like a way like it keeps just like it's washing like a washboard, you're washing clothes on or something. You just. It's thrashing you. You shouldn't be getting bored by the thrashing. That's
3: that's what annoys me about LSD. Mm-hmm. Is toward the end I'm like, yeah, yeah, thrash, thrash.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, I guess I don't get so much bored as I get, I feel like, okay, I'm I've, I've had enough. I'm ready to I'm tapping out. But you can't tap out.
2: There's nothing you can do to tap out. Isn't that crazy? There's nothing you can do.
1: I You're think you can sleep sometimes. Oh,
2: I can't, I can't sleep even 12 hours afterwards for the most part. Really? I can, but it's like a special sleep. It's not like, yeah. ah, I'm resting. <laughs> yeah. the, rest, the best rest is once it's done, it's like, oh, wow, I'm free from the encumbrance of this, uh, of this sort of uh, invisible lasso.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's when it's, when it's not great. But when it's good, it's obviously a different sort of thing where...
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm it's... not a huge LSD guy to be perfectly honest. Got it. I'm more of a mushroom man, but really? okay. uh, I, yeah. I like LSD too.
2: Yeah, I I used to prefer mushrooms. I feel like I still probably do I told myself yesterday, like I think that's the last time I'm going to take any uh, anything more than a pure like an actual microdose. Not because that was probably like 40 50 mics or something which is mm-hmm. not a micro dose it's just a small dose right so I just I can't do it enough especially when I had I had work to do <laughs> yeah I had some writing to do
1: I feel like I can work on LSD okay really? that, that's the one it's like super functional for me usually I mean emotionally on the inside it's a bit of a mm-hmm. roller coaster but I don't get the same visuals that a lot of people seem to get off of LSD oh,
2: right yeah for me it wasn't so much the visuals as it was just the uh, like what we were just talking about, like like the the heaviness of thought and mind and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I'm like, oh, oh man, I gotta I gotta like wade through the weeds here. Yeah. But also feel like maybe that's what I'm doing it for. Part of me feels like it's like this weird addiction where you're creating a, a uh, you're creating a something for yourself to fight because.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it it it's very much like uh, I. Sometimes when I'm tripping, I'm like, "Oh, I should stop doing this to mm-hmm. myself." Like every time, ta- I don't need to revisit all of my insecurities on such a regular basis. <laughs> like, and then I, okay, I already forgave myself for that one like 20 trips ago. I don't right. know why I'm still revisiting this same uh, weird like. Okay, embarrassing high school memory. Like I get it. You had really? some embarrassing memories in high school, or or like uh, you know you life. did something you did something stupid when you were uh, like a little kid, or or you didn't you didn't feel like you got enough validation when you were six years old or mm-hmm. something like that. Like I've already explored that so much that I'm like, all right. I Is really that what just, hits
2: you when in, in that experience? It's old stuff comes up. Um.
1: Well. My favorite time to do any psychedelic is when i 'm in a really transitional period. Okay. Usually, I do a lot of psychedelics in a short amount of time mm. when i 'm like, "What is my next act going to be?" Right. and then I write an act and then I like hit the road to hone it and when i 'm on the road i don 't need like once I have the premise in place yeah. and I know I know like kind of how everything's put together then i then I just go about honing it so psychedelics is kind of uh, points me shows me the path and Mm then um after psychedelics don't really help me walk that path that much yeah
2: i feel the same way it was something where because once you're in there you've got the got the actual weeds to fight you got actual like wood to chop with the axe as opposed to creating this sort of uh world that you have to it's like like giving yourself a substantive thought to to battle with as opposed to because if you're if you have a job, you're doing something. I mean, I, would think, I remember hearing a quote about the director, John Ford.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He, um, like, you know who that guy is? He, like, did all the biggest westerns of, like, the 50s and, and 60s and stuff, like uh, The Searchers and—actually, uh, that might be Sam Peckinpah. Either way, John Ford, big-time Hollywood director, like, very prolific uh, director, like, basically invented— a lot of styles in the genre of the Western. Mm. Uh, work with John Wayne. And he was like a fucking work machine. And whenever he wasn't working on a movie, he would just be fucking blackout drunk, like, every night. Mm-hmm. Because he was so used to working, and just, he loved having, like, that, just that trench to dig metaphor. Like, the, the movie, the films he would make or so much, his big studio films, there's so much work involved. So... It's like that thing where, yeah, his his mind was so oriented toward having a task that's difficult, he just got himself wasted because that's something to deal with. It's like a thing. You're you're basically inventing—you're putting the brakes on yourself because you don't have anything that's like this big, insurmountable task of a fucking massive Western film to make.
1: I think that the being from the Midwest is a little bit like that. Yeah. There's like—I mean— I imagine throughout the history of the Midwest, I, I often think about, like, what are—were uh, your uh, parents from the Midwest as well?
2: My dad's family is all from there, but my mom's all from Louisiana. So
1: When I hear about it, it yeah. just sounds like suffering and just, like, right. waiting to get through the next winter and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it seems like there's just lots of work to do all of the time, and then— uh, when there wasn't, now all of a sudden there's crippling boredom. So, like, you've you've built the shelter and everything and you've yeah. canned all the foods and whatnot. Now you just have to hibernate and get through it. And so you just get blackout drunk.
2: Right. So you, it's like a different addiction replaces the other addiction. Yeah. Just, it's all the same thing. Because think about all these people, at least all the people that I know who are alcoholics, who are dry. Like, it's something where... This, they're obviously not being destructive to other people and they're not doing stuff like driving drunk or stuff like that, but they are, for all intents and purposes, this person's still an addict. Yeah. They're just addicted to something else.
1: I, I quit drinking again um, like three months ago. Right. I did it once for like three years. And uh, I quit drinking again three months ago and I've just been pounding sugar and yeah, lots that, of caffeine. It's the and- thing.
2: It's like you got to have something. I don't know. I, I find myself doing the same thing where I—it's like if I'm not drinking, I have to be exercising. I just—I don't know. It's like a thing where I feel like—I don't know how it took me so long to realize I'm sort of an addict. I'm just not like your classic addict.
1: Yeah, I yeah. just have a control. Addicted to life.
2: Yeah, addicted to life.
1: Well, they think that that addiction is—I mean, addiction is just learning, mm-hmm. and so uh, potentially. If you're able to just learn things really quick and pick up on things, you're more susceptible to being addicted to different substances. Are you serious? Yes. What do you mean? I mean
2: Explain that again. So
1: so addiction is, I mean, learning is just kind of repetition mm-hmm. and then habituating to a pattern of behavior. So your brain goes, okay, there's. I need to pick up on this pattern that will move me forward right. in life. And then drugs often just hijack that system mm-hmm. that that is like <laughs> you have this reward system and then it, so dopamine's a little strange too because at first like a, a rat a light comes on and the rat hits a lever and yeah. uh like happens to hit a lever when the light comes on and then and then the uh the little reward comes out and this dopamine is released so it's like this reward system yeah. but then um but then after a while the dopamine kind of hibernates like back in time in the brain so now the light comes on and now dopamine's released and dopamine becomes the motivator so rather than being like whoa look at that thing we just got mm-hmm. dopamine then becomes like hey look this thing's about to come let's get excited let's go let's do it and
2: it's a precursor to the actual
1: right download and then you can actually increase the dopamine so they can then um oh man why am i for, i'm forgetting the vocabulary but basically Serotonin? no oh. you, you can you can alter the the rewards mm-hmm. and make them less predictable so if you then just like stop giving it rewards the dopamine will die down and be like this isn't a fruitful path to go down but if you if if like 50% of the time you give it the reward the dopamine actually increases um, by like double, so, so you're half as likely to get the reward, but you're twice as motivated to go after the reward. Then, if you just get it a hundred percent of the time, you kind of just get bored with it and go like, oh, "Oh, that old reward." I think
2: I see what you're saying here. Is that it's like, let's say I'm a drunk, right?
1: It's like an intermittent, uh intermittent rewards.
2: Yeah, if you don't, because you don't That's always why we get like
1: gambling it. and stuff. Yeah, yeah,
2: you don't always get the download that you want. Yeah. So you try again, and then you get it, yeah. and then you're reselling. Oh, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it next time the same way I would do it. If I do it the same way I just did it, if I drink this number of beers in this way, and this way, way I'll get the same download, but then you do it again, and it doesn't happen the same way.
1: Yeah, but if, so- you're, if you're kind of... Um- Good enough at figuring out if your brain is good enough at figuring out patterns, then right. you do get the reward a hundred percent of the time so much so that then there's uh, that then there's this kind of hedonic treadmill of of so y- you are getting one unit of reward one day or for one week, right. and then the next week on. You get two units of reward and then there's a spike of like, oh my God, we're getting double the reward. This is amazing. But then you habituate and on that, by the end of that second week, if you drop back down to the one reward, which initially made you happy, now Mm -hmm. you're miserable. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be happier, you're going to need to increase it to like three or four units. And so there's this, um, there's this kind of, uh, we're, we're all kind of running on this wheel of of chasing this carrot once in a while we actually get the carrots right. but uh but then there's just like bigger carrots further out in front of i, I, I don't know and So
2: what so- interrupts it then what's the at what point does it become this thing I'm just trying to re- make it relevant to my own experience in terms of how I think about that stuff at what point cuz it's got to be an interrupt or something's got to stop it or Fuck it up, or I
1: think that's what psychedelics. Do. I mean, psychedelics have helped me with addiction. Mm-hmm. They also recently got me in a lot of trouble. Right? But, <laughs> we can talk about that. Yeah, you want to talk about that? Yeah.
2: We you gave me uh you gave me some of the information. Uh, we yeah. talked to the, at that uh, get together.
1: Yeah, I, I just uh, I I happen to be in L.A. right now, and mm-hmm. I happen to run into you and uh, Duncan, and a couple other people, and so now I'm doing my fresh out of the psych ward Uh podcast tour. So I made my first trip to the psych ward. Okay, Um, I've been making a documentary about (laughs) psychedelics, and it's all about, like, kind of breaking down the stigma Mm -hmm. and, and even maybe demystifying a little bit, too, and... And, and for uh, you,
2: psychedelics is mushrooms, and you also are—you uh, like to use DMT, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I have smoked a lot of DMT. Right. In the last year or so, I haven't been able to do much at all. It's just like—it's been a little too too altering for me, a little bit. Just so uh, staying away because of what it will I bring. Just, yeah, I just kind of can't—I uh, can't settle back into this reality as well the afterwards. One, the
2: one—okay, I see what you're saying, yeah, because DMT— yeah. Is, uh, it's very it's, jarring. It really takes you someplace different. It shows you like a, oh, you never. Hey, check out this color you've never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. In completely different landscapes yeah. and various entities that are giving you all sorts of information that right. seems truer than anything that you've ever seen. And afterwards, I'm always like, nah, it wasn't that. There's a very scientific explanation. And, yeah. And. Uh, and then I do it again, and I'm like, "Well, no, it's it's this other dimension." And I I was always going back and forth. And then, and then the last several times that I did DMT, it was just getting uh, it was getting a little too real. This is
2: pre psych ward.
1: Yeah, this is pre psych. So it's too
2: real. And what's because you you told me about how there was something that was talking to you essentially.
1: Yeah. So I uh, kind of setting up what landed me in the psych ward, mm-hmm. I'm bipolar anyway, and I'm usually alcohol depresses, is a depressant in the long. It, it actually, it's weird how it works because it's a stimulant uh, while you're drinking it. Right, but then it
2: becomes a depressant. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: so like, yeah, so you can drink alcohol, you just can't stop drinking alcohol. Yeah,
2: that's the big, that's the wonderful irony of that terrible, <laughs> beautiful thing as alcohol is that,
1: yeah, it does both. And but, by the way, I'm like not an AA and telling everybody that they need to quit drinking or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was just like I I don't have the self control available and I need well, to a, take a break.
2: That's a common thing with people who have bipolar disorder, right? It's a thing where that uh, certain drugs like cocaine and alcohol become like a almost like a like a band aid, right? For um, for it helps it helps uh, calm the mind. Yeah, isn't that right? What,
1: that's yeah, it... there's there's usually just like wild wild fluctuations mm-hmm. and uh and it just kind of relaxes me and evens me out a little mm-hmm. bit. Um and so so yeah, sometimes taking like so those crazy r- roller coaster rides of psychedelics don't really I'm like kind of used to having this up and down personality anyway, so mm-hmm. I'm usually when I do a psychedelic, I'm like I'm right. It's just real crazy. And
2: <laughs> well, I see, well, you found. When did you find out you were bipolar?
1: Well, I I think I've known since the internet, since like, okay, so I was know. like 16 years old. But I've been officially diagnosed. Um, I was officially diagnosed like, and that's why when they put me in the psych ward Got because it. I was bipolar one. Normally, I'm just bipolar two, okay. meaning depressed most of the time and then bits but, of mania of like having big dreams and manic ideas
2: but two but one is the it's the big one
1: yeah yeah one's yeah. the big boy yeah one's two, the
2: charlie parker
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> two is uh two is the cowards bipolar
2: <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible thing to say Oh, you got the cowards bipolar. You're not really crazy, <laughs> <Yeah>. you dumbass. <laughs>
1: yeah, you only think you're going to the edges. You'll you get there. No Keep, working.
2: <laughs> Keep working. Keep working. Uh, Keep, light a car on fire. <laughs> so,
1: so I, on the documentary, I, I was doing more psychedelics than normal, and then I, um, Painted my face in like glow in the dark MAOI inhibitor, which makes uh, makes DMT last longer. So wh- And wh- what the idea the... was to like what make is... myself look like a crazy person, okay. but not be a crazy person. Yeah. And <laughs> and then it turned crazy. I smoked a DMT. It was the first time I'd done it in nine months, and DMT was just starting to get creepy. Like it was like nine
2: months. It's been that been that long. Yeah. Well, why had it been so long?
1: Just because it was starting to. Uh, like rather than me traveling through a portal uh-huh. into uh space, it was like it was coming out like this portal was a two way street and it was figuring out how to come wow. back through. And then I was like, wait, what is this? So it
2: was What's... sort of visiting you in your dreams, or what when were you yeah. finding this stuff that was coming back through?
1: Well, probably the first thing I mean, several things like tripped me out mm-hmm. from uh from DMT. Um, but the I I once um I went through an injury where I was on pain pills mm-hmm. and I overdosed on pain pills one night and my respiratory shut down.
2: This is a while ago, though, right? Yeah, this is yeah. Uh, like a couple
1: years ago. Yeah, yeah, a okay. few years ago. I right. wasn't uh, I was abusing pills in the at the time in the sense that I would binge like, once a week. Yeah. But I would just grin and bear the pain. So I wasn't, like, having to take them every day. I wasn't suffering oh, yeah. withdrawals, anything like I'm that. I'm very
2: familiar with this tactic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a person who's had, who's had major surgery, you realize that you get the pills, and Tylenol works just fine. Mm-hmm. So you can save the, the real things for when you're having fun. Also, the thing you learn is that if you have actual pain, you take a painkiller, what it does is it takes care of the pain. And it doesn't, make, it doesn't get you high.
0: Right, It's right. crazy.
2: It's like because the pain absorbs the fun. Right. So if you save it, yeah, if you grin and bear it.
1: Well, and then it's also um, pain pills. Also, I mean, the way that pain is, uh, pain works in the brain. There's not that much of a difference between emotional pain and physical pain. Yeah. And so those pills can also, if you're in a uh, depressed, broken, psychological state it can also make that feel better oh yeah not just like a broken foot
2: 100 percent. i mean that's like a thing what they say about poppy tea like i, I read some book about opium and how it's been around for thousands of thousands of years and it's a tea that um before jesus was served at funerals because it's the tea that takes away sadness so you mm-hmm. give it to a widow or someone's mourning because like if you are you're if you're having like you cannot Get off the fucking ground because you're so, uh, gre- your, your grievance is so heavy. Yeah. You, you, someone would make you a little poppy tea, you drink it, and you can, you can
1: bear life, right? As
2: time passes and the pain fades.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
2: like, it's, it's a real thing. It works, right? Yeah.
1: So, so I went a little overboard one night right. and did actually die, and then I saw like this DMT world. And then I noticed that – I was like, wait a second. I didn't smoke DMT. What's happening? I'm like, oh, I'm dying. And then I wow.
2: – So, wait. This is – you had smoked DMT before this experience. This is
1: – Oh, yeah. Many you had,
2: times. You, you, you knew it. You recognized it. Right. And so you had OD'd on these painkillers and you were going to this DMT world, but you realized, oh, I had not –
1: taken a DMT. DMT so so i must be dying wow and that's then i like incredible <laughs> I jesus christ that's something where there's portal
2: there's probably a limited number of people on the planet who can say they've experienced that cuz isn't it i mean DMT hey listeners we don't know i'm pretty sure the DMT is a chemical that is released by your brain we think that right is that uh, true yeah
1: i mean that's like uh, it's popular that, that's science? That's like one guy put it out there, and that's okay. been the popular theory. Oh, so which, it may not be true. It may not be true, but it was what it seemed like yeah. when I seemingly died. I mean, my respiratory system, and I it, i was going to call 911, and mm-hmm. then I, before that could happen, I just blacked out. So and, what happened? Uh, and I was able to just like, I, I was like, wait a second, you're dying, and I was able to jolt myself back into this. Uh-huh and like kind of bring my consciousness back into my head. And I woke up kind of like punching the air and getting blood flowing again. And so ever since that time, I've been like, oh, DMT really is a portal to whatever is on the other side of this. And then and that was sort of confirmation for me. And, And so maybe this is just confirmation bias. But I started kind of Getting premonitions on DMT. Mm -hmm. And so it was just getting a little, uh, it was just getting a little too real. And
2: (laughs) I mean, just the fucking irony of that, of what you, it's just, it's so heavy.
1: It was, it was getting to be too much. And then, and so I hadn't done it nine months. I smoked it on this documentary, Mm -hmm. and right away, this alien thing or this thing like controlling all these different dimensions and running Mm -hmm. everything was just like oh good you got the cameras now you can tell people I'm like what the fuck (laughs) and and I started first I started laughing because I was like tell them what like Uh how do you describe this weird world there's like these four different kind of dimensions intersecting or breaking off or overlapping I can't Mm -hmm. really tell and it's this pure like holographic energy and and then I, I would see different timelines of like I'd see myself walking in and, like, having a family, and I'd see these different... Jesus uh, Christ. It was really strange. And so I didn't think that much of it. And then I... Uh, <laughs> and I'm, like, an atheist, or I certainly was. Yeah. Um, and I can't claim that anymore. I, I guess I'm agnostic now. But... um a couple of weeks later, I went to do ayahuasca because I was like, "What was that? I wanna, I wanna do like a slowed down version of that to see." Because I was like, "How am I gonna tell people?" And it was like, "You figure it out." And I was like, "Well, I need more instructions than that."
2: So isn't so with, with what you did with the DMT and covering yourself in the MAOIs, That's isn't that pretty much the same as doing ayahuasca because isn't ayahuasca yeah
1: but it's still pretty short okay so it's the Um, duration
2: so it doesn't give you time to really kind of interact with whatever the experience yeah okay and
1: ayahuasca is milder more manageable like on ayahuasca i was kind of again i I don't like the ceremonies because i would rather just be by myself or with someone kind of writing and going through you're not allowed to talk at the ceremonies Mm -hmm. because you'd be interrupting what everyone else's like their own journeys yeah and but when i did ayahuasca it seemed very clear to me Mm -hmm. um that i was being given instructions to go and tell more people um about ayahuasca and honestly i don't like i don't believe what's coming out of my mouth right even though it's like the truth as far as i can remember it Uh now And the further away from it i get i'm like no that's not what happened i'm i'm you know, I misperceived something or this is, that was just like my own fucking ego. Right. Um, and, uh, so, so the thing that like spooked me was as soon as I was like, um, what had happened earlier that, that day is when I was going to set an intention, I was, this is before the ayahuasca. Yeah. I was thinking about what my intention should be and i was at i was in um boulder uh colorado's thinking about setting this intention and i was outside eating and i saw i was on the phone with um with this uh us fish and wildlife service person trying to get some guests for my podcast mm-hmm. and um and there was all these people setting up like this theatrical like jesus protest thing and then these people just started yelling about hell and Jesus and screaming, and it was uh, I couldn't I couldn't hear anything on the phone, so it was incredibly mm-hmm. annoying. And they're just going on and on. We're all gonna burn in hell. You're gonna repent and all this stuff. And so finally, I just couldn't talk anymore. I had to get off the phone. And then I'm just sitting there annoyed uh, with these um, Jesus people. And then I like walked up to one of them and I was like, Hey, man, this isn't what this isn't how Jesus would communicate. <laughs> like, yeah. why don't you be like Jesus? Like, if people want to talk to you, they can come up, like, hold your cross, and they can come up and you can share your ideas rather than, like, yelling at people and ruining their lunch. And he's, like, he's, he's going on and on about, like, if this was a fire, wouldn't you want people to... And, uh, and then and I lost it. I started, like, losing my temper uh-huh. and... And I'm, like, looking in the, this guy's eye, and he's like, you won't believe the gifts, man, the gifts. And, like, we got to get people out of hell. And and he's, like, freaking me out. And I'm like, you got to shut the fuck up. You're ruining everyone's day. And, I, and now I'm, like, flipping out at this guy. And now I'm getting embarrassed about myself. Like, uh-huh. I'm going to tell him to not be yelling at people. And now I'm, like, yelling Telling that him. to him. And uh, and then I, like, stormed off, and I saw, like, the there's this one... One of these protesters was this little, like, uh, uh, like this adorable little Mexican dude just holding a cross, sitting there quietly. <laughs> and like, as I like stormed off, I saw him, and I was like, "You're cool," <laughs> because he wasn't like <laughs> bothering anybody. And then, and then I was like, "See that? That's what it should be like." that dude should just sit there and if people mm-hmm. want to talk to his uh, to him about his message they can you can't be that in your face about it and then i was reflecting on myself how i'm too i'm too in your face and too preachy sometimes and i you can follow me on like twitter and see me just yelling arrogantly at humanity once in a while it's always like really embarrassing when i look after the fact and uh and so i was like that's my That's my um, uh, intention is to is to find new ways to be calm Mm -hmm. and confident. And uh, so I haven't told this part before because this part is like where it gets. (laughs) It's cool. I've been I've been saying (laughs) I've been saying that that like uh, it was I got instructions about communicating and so but it was far more specific than that. I did ayahuasca. It showed me um, on television. Um, this is like, an
2: entity or the yeah. something, a thing. A-
1: it 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 showed me like explaining um, uh, it, it, this extended state DMT project, mm-hmm. which I just like had met this guy recently that's trying to turn DMT from like a five to ten minute experience without IB and. Uh, um, it, Using an IV drip to make it like who knows how long, few right. hours potentially. Hibernate
2: so, sleep for interstellar travel. <laughs>
1: yeah, so you can pull more out of it because it's so fast, yeah. and then you'll you're able to control the dose a little more. And so so I saw that, and then and then this thing was showing me all of these communicators throughout history, and it was kind of and I was thinking about how um, how how like. Uh, you should behave, like, those people should have been behaving more like Jesus. And then I was like, well, who am I to say that to them? Maybe I should be behaving more like Jesus. And then I just thought, Jesus is just a concept in our heads. Like, each of us just have our own picture of what Jesus is, whether you think it's a lie or a metaphor or whatever. It's still, like, an entity that lives in your head well,
2: that, isn't that, that's also like the whole thrust of Christianity is that it's a God that you can make your own it's like a
1: yeah but like so you live yeah. in my head as well right. <laughs> like, yeah we all live, you yeah. also a, a representation of you also lives yeah in it. like I could dream tonight and you could be right there and, and it would be a perfect impression and I wouldn't right. know the difference and so I was thinking that and I was thinking of the like um of the the uh be uh, uh, what would Jesus do? Right, thing. and how a lot of people don't like—they just wear wear the wristbands, right. and then they're like, "Oh, now I can do whatever I want because I have this wristband on." <laughs> and then I was like, "Why not use your empathy, like the powers of empathy, to put yourself in other people's shoes and just put—if if it's that important to you, just be that character in your mind." And I said to myself, like, I was just like, "Be Jesus," and then it was like as if I had accidentally said Beetlejuice three times or something. <laughs> and all of a sudden I started getting this whole story of how Jesus was actually a metaphor about addiction and and how he had—how uh, it, it was about egos getting out of control. This and, is
2: all inside the ayahuasca uh, trip? Yeah. Okay.
1: And uh, And it was something like—it was something—I don't remember when it happened. I'm not sure if it was when I said, be Jesus, or when I said— Oh my god, Jesus was a drunk. Like mm-hmm. it was about him turning water into wine and like right. getting a little showy and like uh it, <laughs> with his powers <laughs> yeah. and like making it rain fish and stuff <laughs> like that. And and then when I said that, I just felt it felt like a lightning bolt hit hit me and then um I there was this there like the house started shaking. And then afterwards, I asked. I, I thought for sure it was just in my mind, but mm-hmm. I kept on getting more messages about how time and information works, and like the nature of reality. This and is all still this.
2: all inside ayahuasca. Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, it was. I could talk about just the ayahuasca trip for hours. So I'm ah. trying to like sum it up as quickly yeah. as I can. And afterwards, after it was over, um, ever I was like, "Did you guys hear that?" And the people on my side of the room had heard this huge smashing and thought, like, the house was going to come down off the mountain. And uh, people on the other side of the room didn't notice it. And so then we went downstairs the next day. And uh, and in the foundation of the house, like, right under where my head was, there's this enormous crack under where the foundation was. And uh-huh. I'm like, what the fuck happened? That- did I do that with my mind or did my mind per- perceive the cracking happen? And then it quick, my consciousness, like, right. thought of this. And so... And so, uh, I was like, well, whatever, it, you know, psychedelics are crazy. And then as soon as I got down off this mountain, my phone, lit, cause there was no reception up mm-hmm. there, my phone lit up. And then, um, uh, the first text I got was this guy running this extended state DMT, uh, study. And he's mm-hmm. like, Hey, we're filming, um, uh, tomorrow we're announcing, um, I think as Gaia TV filming it or something. And, uh, he's like, we're, we're filming this. We have, uh. We have a a couple of uh, scientists here giving a talk about it, and um, we're putting together the team to put this study together. And uh, I was wondering if you'll be the first volunteer to be in this team wow. extended state. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's mm-hmm. what that's the message that I got last night. Was I was supposed to, I was supposed to explain this study to people, and uh, and so. Um, that happened, and I went. And it was surreal being there, and then I I started um, trying to figure out how this is happening, and like how what message it was it was getting, and I was trying to journal as much as I could, mm-hmm. and and I had a lot of um, ideas about comparing kind of the Big Bang of the universe to when when an idea so everything's just layered and scalable, so ideas form in your head mm-hmm. much the way a Big Bang does, right. And, um,
2: everything's everything kind of, it's like
1: a, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and and so I was kind of trying to model, um, sort of the physics of how ideas are created and, and how they, how they move and transform and kind of take on lives of their own. Um, you know, like a, like a song can mean a million different things to different people depending uh, even though it's the same, the same digitally, thing, yeah. it's the same thing. And uh, and then <laughs> I had this uh, idea that if I already was going to do be the first person doing this extended state DMT thing, and if, if it is what they think it is, which they think it's like information being passed through this portal from the future, mm-hmm. then there has to be ways to test that.
2: This is what the guy is saying at the experiment thought? Yeah. Okay.
3: <laughs> and, and I mean, it
2: sounds legit. Actually, I mean, I can't think of another way to do it. It makes sense that that. I mean, if you think about time travel, whatever, whatever that would be. Well, that's essentially time travel. Yeah, it's not going to happen like Contact, where you build a, an apparatus. Right, it's going to happen something that's a lot more. Perhaps so there's a way like...
1: of detecting—perhaps uh, there's a way of moving information through time in mm-hmm. a different way that isn't linear, yeah. and there is a way of receiving that information. Like, this was—I want to be very clear. This was not a thing like, I'm Jesus, or, like, I'm, I'm like, some uh, some chosen one. This is very much like, you need to tell people this so that people that know what the fuck— to do about it can, can like can go and see for yeah. themselves and do something, Yeah, you know, be the messenger. Like, like I'm just this guy that like happened to be going around with this psychedelic tour and I'm also uh-huh. like a huge skeptic who's now say talking about Jesus and whatnot and all this stuff that I would have never pictured myself doing. And, and so, so one of the things that happened was I had a fan with, uh, with tickets to um, Roger Waters uh or that works for Roger Waters and so he got me tickets. Pink Floyd, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And uh and so I was I was m I was mapping out how these ideas work and, and like this new way of looking at math and mm-hmm. um and how math is like like everything to us, we're used to like looking at a movie screen, which is this flat thing. But in a DMT space, it's panoramic, and mm-hmm. math should shouldn't be on like a flat piece of paper. Right, it's it three should dimensional. Be, yeah, yeah, it's three dimensional. Should be moving around, and it should be kind of building on itself, and it should be like math should kind of come alive um, in these formulas. Like when you finish one formula, that knowledge that you gain from that formula should then be able it, like it's like interlocking. It's like if you were to listen to this podcast again, knowing the information that you have received from it already, mm-hmm. you'll get – the information will change. Right. Having having gotten to the end of the episode and then revisiting that same information, it will change and math should be doing the same thing.
2: Oh, I see what you're saying because right now we have 2 plus 2 always equals 4.
1: Yeah, but so it's that's the like thing where it's so. Con- but to be, and maybe this sounds really stupid, and I don't know enough about math. I used to be good at it, but I, but I stopped. That sounds like a kind of person 16. who
2: would say, who's probably actually pretty good at math would say that. <laughs> I, yeah.
1: But so, so even like two plus two equals four. Well, right. that, that's a metaphor for th- if you broke it down right, like a, a child, you'd be like, oh, well. So four apples equals two apples plus an additional two apples, but mm-hmm. the plus is an action. So you're bringing two more apples to the—it's a different thing than just having four apples yeah. to start with. So the size, the two sides of the equation are slightly different. And it's also language-based. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a
2: thing where—because there's some tribe— in South America or something, that has, they don't, it sounds like such a joke. It sounds like something from like Bill Murray would say in a Wes Anderson movie. But basically, they don't have, they have a number for one, they have a number for zero, but they don't have a number for like three or four. There's some sort of thing where Mm. the way their language works, all the bases are covered. There's no problems because you don't really have to know, you know, one, you know, like a bunch, but really, it's not like a imperative for this hunter-gatherer society to have specific numbers of a small amount, because you have few, one, and many. That's all they have. That's all they need.
1: Well, even us, we only need to know ten numbers, and right. then it just cycles through. You go yeah. one, one through nine, and then the teens, and then the hundreds, and and uh, and so you just add a decimal point is all after you have yeah, it's 1 like, through 10.
2: It's all it's not really re- it's not real it's just this it's a construct. So it's
1: right. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like trying to wrap my head around all of this stuff which to this day I'm like I don't know how much of what I'm saying makes any sense at all and I don't know how accurate it is or maybe it's just stuff that is already very well known in mm-hmm. mathematics and physics and and I just haven't read about it and because I don't read that I don't like learn about math and physics anymore um but uh I but just synchronicity uh, all these weird synchronicities mm-hmm. started happening and then I was like well so if it were giving information to the past, and, it, and that information changes, changes the past, then maybe by the time I would come out of this DMT extended state, if if uh, or if I like was able to popularize this, these things and physics physicists were mm-hmm. able to figure this out, um, then maybe um, maybe it already happened like it maybe it already happened in the future right so it's already sending information back and i was like how would i prove such a thing I'm like well first i'd have to like prove it to myself i'm thinking about all these weird time paradoxes and i'm sure i'm not doing a good job because now i now at this point i hadn't slept in about a week so how would you how is that how
2: did you not sleep
1: I was sleeping about two hours a night, I should say that. Right. So I was I went from bipolar two to bipolar one and bipolar one in the manic stages, you basically like don't okay. sleep and you're just like I have the be-. your brain is like lightning. Like I was yeah. I recorded three podcasts while I was in like in the first week when I was really firing wow. and they are they're I think really, really good. Okay. And uh, I I mean, uh listeners can hear there's what started with the Uh, episode called the illusion of explanatory depth and then one on mental health and then after that there was one called physics and information systems and um and my brain was just like really firing and uh like unzipping this kind of download Mm it was what it felt like and things just kept on happening just uh i it was like doors kept on opening and then i was like maybe i maybe i would I could, there's a way that I could have someone else, uh, like, if I were to do this extended state thing, maybe I would have someone, without telling anyone, I would have someone give me an envelope, um, and I'm, like, workshopping this with my girlfriend, who's now, like, going insane, because she's been hearing this for, like, five days now. Yeah. And, uh And, uh, like, maybe someone would hand me an envelope that would have, like contents in it that would be meaningful mm-hmm. to me as like a sign that this is possible and then i ate mushrooms and went to roger waters that night and uh and this guy that hooked me up with the tickets we were in the hospitality room i'm like this is amazing mm-hmm. i get to go I get this like kind of backstage access sort of thing and like this is incredible this is my favorite musician and then this dude uh he comes and he checks on the tickets he's like oh something's wrong here and then he comes back and I don't know if it's because he had, like, not as good of seats as he meant to, even though they're, like, the best seats in the house. But he comes back with this envelope, and I'm like, what the fuck? I just had this idea about a stranger giving me an envelope today, mm-hmm. thinking that it would be the... Like <laughs> And and then I open it up and it was this autographed picture from Roger Waters and I, was, which I'm sure you just autographs a whole bunch of pictures to get right. to people and there's all sorts of logical reasons for it, mm-hmm. but just because I just thought of that idea mm-hmm. and then I go in that habit, I'm like, what the fuck are the chances of that? And then I walk out and I'm watching. So now I'm like, I have to sit down and and this is like a really big download, and then I'm seeing uh, he he plays the song Time and on the screen they have the, these representations of time which are like a lot of the same uh, the uh, visuals like,
2: things that you were seeing
1: a, a lot of the visuals that I was like trying to draw from yeah. my girlfriend and stuff and I was like what? what's happening you see that and then she started freaking out uh, like mostly like concerned for me right um but uh because i'd been up for days and going on and on about this and then that's when things started like falling apart that's when i started getting like really paranoid okay I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't want to, like, make a mistake. I didn't want to, like, make a miscalculation and be responsible for uh, I don't know what. And I started having, like, these visions of, like, terrible things happening on different timelines. And I'm, like, trying to correct these different timelines in my head. And I just started kind of losing my mind. And This is
2: all, you're just, you're not under the influence of anything, you're just sort of, you're in a manic state.
1: The, this is the days afterwards, yeah, in just a manic state. So I did ayahuasca, and then a week later of being in a manic state, mm-hmm. I did mushrooms. And then that's what really put me over the edge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now I'm like, I don't know what reality is anymore. Like, my girlfriend was... Asking me the next day, asking me if I knew where I was, and I had already been up in bed for hours. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Why is she asking me that? Of course I know. And so then I'm like, Oh, am I in the hospital right now? Like, I thought maybe I would, I had like died or something. Cause I was like, Maybe, maybe if that was. So then I was thinking, Maybe I already am, died, or this is like part of a near death experience. Right. Maybe, maybe I'm about to pop out of. The hospital bed from ODing on those pills. Like this is, if I were to have a dream, mm-hmm. it would be to have these amazing seats, well, at my think, synchronicities favorite musicians, uh, uh, mm-hmm. con- uh, awesome awesome them concert that's like exploring all of these ideas that I care very much about, and uh, and I just started thinking that maybe um, like something was after me, like, I didn't know if it was like the, I had constructed an idea for ending prohibition and
2: prohibition of,
1: of of drugs. Okay. And so that's what, that's what funds the cartel and the Uh terrorist cells and inner city gangs. And so then I didn't know if they were after me.
2: Like the time cops, maybe you're after you. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And so then, and it started. So when, so then, when you want to think that you're being watched and being followed, it's it'll start easy. feeling that way. Yeah, because you're like walking around looking like a lunatic and so people are looking at you a little strange and then mm-hmm. you're like why are they looking at me strange oh that's it's it's happening they're yeah. they're watching me
2: that's comfort that's true confirmation bias they're, yeah mm-hmm.
1: absolutely and then it just kind of went on like that for days i went to the hospital got a sleeping pill uh they like monitored me while i slept and then I went home. Didn't want to take any more sleeping pills. Why didn't you want
2: to take any more sleep? Because it was more paranoia. Like these are part of the yeah. plan to to, to disrupt to, me.
1: Yeah, disrupting this like mm-hmm. it, like. Because I had figured out that these formulas keep on moving and changing, I had to stay ahead of them. Oh man! Otherwise, like these timelines were going to collapse. It's like being a janitor.
2: we like the as soon as you <laughs> clean up some vomit, there's someone spills some milk. It's like that thing. Supposedly that's a thing with janitors in, in schools. It's a job that like well, you get depressed a lot because it never ends. It's constant
1: maintenance yeah so so now my my now i don't have now the mop is like really worn down you yeah. know and like frayed and it's ah. not picking up messes like it, it used to and now the messes are getting bigger and bigger so it was like every time i kind of completed this aspect of an equation um i i would immediately uh I would feel relief, and mm-hmm. then I would need to expand on it. Like every time you answer a question, it just there's no answer. You just have like ten more questions, so it's fractal like. Oh, yeah. and so Ooh. these equations were like. Like wife.
2: Max's wife's the same way. You solve one problem, it's like a whack a mole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's not the car;
2: it's the garage door. <laughs> So not the garage door, it's the floors, so and then it's the pool, and then the <laughs> like, You got to fix the fucking roof, then that's sure. a $10,000 job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just this money pit. Um, I always
2: thought, I keep thinking like that, how funny, because all the you're saying is so interesting and compelling. How, like, I want you to have, like, this sidekick who's, like, some sort of a... Like, he's, he's the last salesman in America who wears a tie, and he's listening to you and understands everything, but everything his response is like, huh, wish my ex-wife knew about that. <laughs> oh, uh, you talking about my ex-wife again? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, she's a theorem and a half. Uh, fractals? Yeah. Looks like some shoes my ex-wife would buy. <laughs> and I'm paying for them. That's my bank account. I wish my bank account had an exponent exponential <laughs> like, like this guy he, he understands everything about psychedelics but he's just like the most normal dude of all time oh well Cadillac like doesn't make that yet <laughs> Well, hey, buddy, wish Cadillac would make a defroster that worked like your brain. <laughs> uh, can, I, can I get some snow tires for this, please? Uh, hey, Shane, uh, check please. <laughs> I'm sorry. What, is this? Co- I'm sorry, but could you stop filling up my coffee cup? We've got to go. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Some that, like the dichotomy of that it makes me I just keep thinking about that. <laughs>
0: throwing <laughs> my coffee cup. That's a good that's thing what, That's how it felt. That's how yeah. it felt.
2: So
1: you have to keep drinking the fucking yeah, coffee. Yeah, like as fast as I can. Ugh. that's <laughs> madness. Because especially it if was. you're, it was so it's like madness. you're too
2: polite to say no to the ideas that are coming to you. So are they're <laughs> exhausting you, right?
1: Yeah. And then I'm like, like I didn't really care about myself. So then I'm like bartering with this thing, and I'm like. I'm like, well well, if I'd like turn myself into the time police or whatever can I, will you just like leave my family alone and then how what what guarantees do I have of this so now I'm like making codes and I'm like oh and I'm like flushing half of it down the toilet and like putting another bit in my pocket so I can like swallow it at any time if the fucking time police come in Jesus to get me Jesus Christ and like I know I know this is like some intervention warders. sort of thing this is yeah. like
2: a, an episode of intervention sort it of was, thing. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some stuff like that on it, there where it, the, it, like this lady who had all of her clothes off jumping on a bed doing all this math
1: Really? Yeah,
2: math. I mean, it was it was shitty math. But was, <laughs> yeah, was...
1: Yeah. I'm sure I was she doing thought... shitty math too. But I'm sure she like really thought she was onto something. Yeah. That's a, that. I mean, that's what a manic state is like. And I was math like... math.
2: She was doing math math.
1: Ooh, math math. <laughs> yeah, that's that's too like that. That's so much more focused math than what I was. In really. My. my uh, psychedelic math, math is just, like, ever-expanding. Right.
2: Yeah, this was some—actually, actually, I don't even know, but she definitely was close to a liquor store, so she was <laughs> able to get a lot of uh, fuel.
1: Yeah, yeah. hmm I, uh—yeah.
2: So, so you're in the state, and it's still spiraling out of control. You're having, like, all these— um,
1: Went to the hospital the first time, gave me sleeping pills, didn't want to take them, um, and then was— like submitted to like my girlfriend, who I was like convinced was like her family was being held hostage, and that's the way she was acting, why she was and right, I, and and so, um, so then I go again, and they like tranquilize me, and then I just like wake up in a uh, in a uh, in a bed.
3: So wait, in, how does like, that work? What is the
2: technical aspect of that? Like, so your girlfriend obviously. Called someplace and said, Hey, Shane is having uh, problems again. And it's not the, the overnight stay didn't help. We
1: went to urgent care. Okay. And you went with I her. I think.
2: Even though you're so paranoid, you went with.
1: Yeah. Well, it got a little crazier than that. Okay. I. I
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for this. Uh, well. Uh, <laughs> I disguise your voice.
2: It I, feels better.
0: I had this idea. Uh how I could, um, <laughs> I love <that> one, <laughs> how I could kind of uh hack into the White House with my mind. Oh my god! <laughs> uh oh, uh oh, and then how in a fair while he'll get shut I, down. <laughs> I, 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 had, I had this idea. Uh. Oh
3: man. You can hack on your mind. (laughs) This is cool. This is really cool. I know.
1: So I had this idea that um, Donald Trump was Mm -hmm. also in this state of like fiendishly trying to like keep up with his own addiction of, 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 and like not sleeping and try and, and was like way in over his head. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I bet I can. and, And then I could. It felt like there was this ability to like teleport or, or uh, use ESP or mm-hmm. something like that to read other people's minds or something like that was happening. So I had this idea that I could uh, <laughs> that I could trap uh, Donald Trump's mind in my head. Wow. And so, <laughs> and That's so cool. I thought I did that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I was like going to the like, psych ward to like turn
3: myself in. Oh, because you did that. Yeah. So you were. So I was like turning in Donald Trump. Wow. That's and, like, cool. That's cool. And so they, you told them that. No, I didn't. Oh, well, you so that- the first person that I'm telling. Them. Oh, wow, that's cool. We have <laughs> yeah. a first. We have a first. So in your head, that's why you willingly went along. Into the psych ward. Yeah. Because you had thought that was going on. Yeah, yeah. And I so was they were trying w- to save. They were all. like, oh, welcome. You need to be here. <laughs> yeah. And so and I was like, playing along. I'm like, yep, yep. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so you get there. <laughs> you felt
1: bad for doing it? No, no, like I was trying to make it like if I made myself so like I would I, I attract Donald Trump so I'm, <laughs> so I'm like acting on behalf of him so I'm like yeah I'm a terrible person and oh. I need help.
2: Oh, because you're like his proxy like, yes, like his yeah. mental proxy. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, not like a white blood cell you were like a like a something that carries the the germs in. Right, wow. right, right. So you had, it's almost like you had to go get exercised in a way.
1: Yeah. So yeah. you
2: go in there and they, and they, just, they just assess you.
1: Yeah. And, and they, I must have signed some paperwork somewhere along the way. Yeah. I was exhausted. I hadn't mm-hmm. slept in days. And, well, other than, like, a sleeping pill right. one, one of the days. And there was just, like, I was, I was like, starting to—I was starting to—when I went to sleep— I would feel something coming through a portal in my head, mm-hmm. and then I would like jolt myself awake. And then oh, I would look like my eyes my girlfriend said my eyes looked like I was possessed or something. And I it's th- almost felt like, like something th- was trying to like invade my.
2: It's like Nightmare on Elm brain. Street or something where you can't sleep because Freddie will get you.
1: That's what it felt yeah, like. Wow, yeah. that's heavy. Yeah. And then I woke up tranquilized in a psych ward, and I was like, Oh, I'm still Shane. I'm not, like... Like, some part of me thought that I was going to be on the outside still. I was, like, I somehow going to get Donald Trump's, like, psyche into the psych ward, but I was going to get to be able to... Be free. It's like go
2: Ghostbusters out? when they take the, the thing with the <laughs> ectoplasm and they put it in that special trap, right?
1: This is like, this is... I mean, it this makes is sense. The, this is in like really things were really falling apart at this yeah. point. And now there's like patterns everywhere mm-hmm. and a certain way I need to behave to be able to get out of here and like different colors mean different things. And and uh, and I'm like uh, leaving. <laughs> I, I'm like... Uh, Future people will be able that can like re uh, recombine every molecule. They they'll need to know where to find me, mm-hmm. and so I'm like needing to pee in intervals into like the sewage system so that they when they reconstruct wow. the DNA they'll like know where I was. That's and madness. Yeah, I was a well, fucking crazy person. This is, this is person. inside
2: the hospital. You're thinking that stuff. Yeah, but aren't you being sedated at this time? So wouldn't that some of that stuff like? do not they give you howl doll or something? It took a while.
1: Okay, man. And then they let me out of there mm-hmm. because I was still like uh with it enough to uh like I like weird stuff would happen. It, like everything seemed connected still. So, so how long
2: were you in there for? Like a week?
1: No, this is like the first like holding place. Um, that they let me out of was just, like, six hours or something like that. But they don't tell you how long you're in there. They don't, like, give you a sentence. So you don't know if you're, like, in there for the rest of your life or what. So that'll drive you to madness a little bit in and of itself. And and there's, like, a doctor, um, like Mm -hmm. a doctor brothers. And I was like, my brother must have sent this person. Good. Now I can escape. And um, they let me out of there. I was able to convince them that I, I could do this outpatient thing, mm-hmm. and then uh, and now my parents were visiting, and then I'm trying to like explain things to my parents. Are my, they visiting? Are they there because you need help? They're there because I need okay. help. Okay,
2: they weren't just like, "Oh, we're on a vacation. We're gonna come see you." <laughs>
1: uh, they're like, oh, geez, oh, I, okay. oh, okay. Oh, Shane thinks he's Jesus now. I guess. Oh, I guess he's gonna need to. And that's not really what I thought, but that's what I might as well yeah. have been saying. And, well, you know, he's going to need some—and and then I was still really, really paranoid. So mm-hmm. then I thought, like, something was—I I thought, like, the people had figured out a way to manipulate my parents by, like, right. getting a hold of, like, my brother's wife. Or I didn't know what. And so then they ended up having me fill out forms, which basically was, like, uh, made them responsible for me. Okay. And, like, wouldn't— calm down until I did and I was like okay I'll fill out the forms so you'll calm down and then I'll yeah. have a conversation with you and then uh and then as soon as like I signed the forms they're like okay now you're going to the psych ward and I was like oh no I didn't know what I was sa- signing and I take that back and it was too late and Bye. I ended up going to this very scary psych ward and it was horrifying and like uh, Cuckoo's Nest horrifying? It was surrounded by camera. You know, you're surrounded by cameras all the time. Yeah. And as you'd expect. And there's uh, you know, people with clipboards uh, monitoring uh monitoring your uh, like when you go up to ask for something, they'll like make a note and you're like, What what's the note mean? Like, what's oh, that say man. about me? And uh and then the mood stabilizers started kicking in by like the third day Mm -hmm. i became stabilized enough to where i was very coherent Mm -hmm. but still like manic but not more like manic too like i was very uh very like started exercising a lot Mm -hmm. and uh was journaling a lot and kind of doing all the things that i was supposed to do and then i how this is how to get out of a psych ward, um, I just started uh, cleaning up after myself better because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, they're watching me, so I need to be on my best behavior. Uh-huh. So, And then after I did that, I was like, oh, now th- this area is messy. I'll just clean up that too. And I just right. started cleaning up after other people as well. And then I just started, if they were like handing out food or whatever, I was like, hey, do you want some help with that? And right. then I just start helping people and then going to all participating in all the meetings that I was supposed to participate in. And if someone seemed distressed, uh I would I would like ask them if they needed help. And I just tried to be as helpful as possible right. um to everybody, um and while still kind of freaking out and not knowing how long I was gonna be in there um meanwhile i'm like on the phone I have like big deals of like things that I need to like I need to be out so I can like sign paperwork for <laughs> yeah and career stuff career stuff happening mm-hmm. and uh so after a few days of just being nice to everybody they they let me out
2: I guess it's like that thing where if you help enough people, you end up helping yourself because it's yeah. like a reflexive action sort of thing where yeah yeah you can't, there's, there's no free lunch so if you're being kind to others you're being kind to yourself in a way
1: yeah i mean i think it's the number one message that i took away from it was like no matter what happens in the future if i lose my mind again or yeah. whatever i'll just rather than being paranoid just use whatever ocd or things that you're trying to do to control it just to like yeah help yourself and help others and clean up more
2: so what does that mean then for the rest of your life like it's a thing where do you think like oh that I might be in that place again. Like isn't that like a isn't that a likelihood? Because if you are bipolar, unless you're I, like actively medicating, it's something where like you yeah. kind of have to expect something that like winter might come again in terms of if that's what that is.
1: Yeah, I hope not. I mean, yeah. I kind of part of it is like I kind of like who I am, and I don't want to change who I am. I'm fi- I've been bipolar too my whole life. Yeah. I don't mind that I have to go through bouts of depression and then. I mean it's worth it for um the I mean the manic episodes are when I write an entire show in a week and right. and then that's how I make my living for the follow, uh, for the following year is the work that I did in that one week. Yeah. And uh and what about so the, that, the- that's the shit that pays the bills yeah. too. But um but yeah the going from two to one Mhm. Um, I'm, I'm now at, uh, definitely a higher likelihood of that happening again, but I felt like, um, anytime I feel myself getting a little paranoid again, um, I, uh, I just take a larger dose of my, uh, mood stabilizers. And it works. Yeah.
2: Seems to. Yeah. It's heavy shit.
1: It is. Yeah. It's heavy metal. Yeah.
2: It's literally metal. It might be some lithium. (laughs) <laughs> we need more lithium. We need to go to those fucking hot tubs, right? Yeah. Supposedly so there's like hot tubs in the Sierra Nevadas that have a lot of lithium in them, and it makes, really? gives you a lot of energy, like good energy and stuff. Hmm. Interesting. So, do you have any kind of like? I mean, it's just so much. You said so much, but it's the kind of thing where
1: no, I'm still trying to sort it yeah, out. What to do it with seems it. like it? I it's mean, a, part of me is it's like a big thing. Part of me is like, what? How much of that was real? Right. And. I really was having... I look back and in week one of it, I really was having fantastic ideas. Right. And part of me is like, wait, what if I can further this area of research? I, I don't want to say that I'm never going to do psychedelics again, but then part of me is like, it's probably kind of crazy for you to do psychedelics now that you've opened up this portal. Yes. And so I, I'm just like, I don't know what to... I mean, fortunately... I had quit drinking, um, uh-huh. and so I have just much clearer judgment. Right. Um, so that helps. Damn, dog. Yeah, I don't know, dog. Shane Moss. <laughs> <laughs> what is that it's thing? It's
2: just a, a thing that does this. She, Shane, Shane Moss. It's just a mag tape reader, man. Nice. just a mag reader. We're going to do some real quick before we wrap things up here. This is something um, I like to call bad questions.
3: Oh. Bad.
0: Okay, get ready. Get your goddamn body and mind ready to get sucked back into the micro stock. Here we go. Jane Moss, are you ready to answer some bad questions? Absolutely. Okay, some of these are from listeners, some of them aren't from listeners. What was the last time you spilled a liquid food all over yourself?
1: Ooh, had to have been applesauce. Just Ooh. a wild guess at it, it had to have been applesauce. How
0: was it, it dri- how was the experience?
1: Um, good or bad? Um, I think pretty good.
0: All right, yeah. great, that answer is correct. Ooh. How often do you want to cut the eraser off a pencil?
1: Uh, almost never.
0: Wrong. Every uh, day. What's your deal, man?
1: Uh pretty it's pretty good deal. I have a pretty good deal.
0: Correct. Okay, now we've got some Lister questions. Pat G ask. I love cottage cheese, but sometimes you get it and it smells funky like yogurt, but the date is fine and you just throw it away. Oops, not a question. Next. Yeah. Laura That's, C. It's
1: the right, it's the right thing to do.
0: That's why it's a bad question, I believe. Yeah. Laura C. says, if your shit had to be another color than brown the rest of your life, what color would you choose and why?
1: Uh, clear, so I could know if there was bad things happening would hopefully stick right
3: out to
0: me. Correct. <laughs> How would you like to jump into water, cannonball, belly flop, or pencil dive? Ask Matt K.
3: <laughs>
1: pencil
0: correct Ooh. can you speak about the time you saw the duck dynasty musical asks what and
1: <laughs> it was the most amazing live show i've ever seen in my entire life
0: incorrect <laughs>
1: it's true though How Not hard
0: intentionally. here's a question that's kind of weird and strange given what we've talked about how hard would it be to dose donald trump and or his cabinet with lsd discuss the logistics
1: well, first I'd have to hack into the White House <laughs> with my mind and then Whoa. I'd have to give myself LSD <laughs> and then deliver him back to the White House. Correct. You,
0: you figured it out. Thank you, Shane. <laughs> Lemons, limes, or oranges or grapefruits? Asked Robert T. Oh, grapefruits. Wrong. It's actually oh. oranges. Oh,
1: uh, well. Yeah. What is the
0: best Shit. license plate frame you've ever seen? Justin L.
1: You know L. <laughs> No answer.
0: No answer is correct. We did, I, that was from a bot. Yeah. Someone who's a child named Kevin O says, "Tell Shane his voice is dumb and ask him Ooh. if a kid would make fun of his voice."
1: Yeah, yeah. Children make fun of My, my voice is kind of dumb. Your voice sounds
0: dumb as shit, guys. What's wrong with you? Your
1: voice is dumb.
0: That's been bad questions with, bad questions with.
2: Shane Moss. Shane Moss. Okay, baby. You're still there And we're still here Uh, Shane can you tell people Where to like listen to your stuff And get into everything
1: Go to Shane Moss M-A-U-S-S dot com Uh, You can check out The Here We Are podcast Here we are podcast dot com And on Patreon dot com Slash Shane Moss I started sharing All of my DMT experiences From one to infinite um, To figure out What happened to my brain
2: bad question. That was supposed to be before. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Check out Shane's stuff. Also, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It's important. It helps everybody out. It floats the boat. You know what that means. It floats the boat. This is a little sun-raw here we're going to listen to as we go out and we leave. Go to all the go to all my goddamn links and stuff. Everybody, good night.